Zechariah's song. We're going to begin reading at verse 67 of Luke 1. This is God's holy and infallible word. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. A Christmas song you may not be as familiar with as some others. Christmas songs are a big part of the Christmas season. From Jingle Bells to Handel's Messiah to Last Christmas to everything in between. We hear Christmas music in stores, on the radio, in restaurants. When, when did that all start? Is all this music... All these songs, is this a result of the commercialization of Christmas that we always talk about and always lament and try to avoid as much as we can so that we can really meet Jesus? Well, it turns out that all this song and praise originated in Scripture itself. In Luke 1 and 2, where we learn about Jesus' birth, there are at least three songs. Mary's song, Zachariah's song, Simeon's song, and then we could also talk about the angels' song with the shepherds in the fields at night. And some say Elizabeth's words of praise when she's meeting with Mary are a song too. So a lot of people talk about a total of five songs in Luke 1 and 2. No other event in all of Scripture is surrounded by songs like the birth of Jesus. And so it's very appropriate that our celebrations of Christ's birth are filled with singing and music. That's not like a man-made-up thing. That's from the Bible. All of these songs in Luke 1 and 2 have Latin names because they're so firmly a part of the historic church's worship. And for centuries, it was in Latin. Zechariah's song is called the Benedictus. And that means praise be or blessed be. It's the first two words praise be. It's a song of praise to God. And I believe this song can help our song this year. I believe Zechariah's focus of praise can be our focus. I believe what's in his heart can be in our hearts too. The song has two stanzas. Verses 68 to 75 are one. They're one sentence in the original Greek. The second is verses 76 to 79. That's also one sentence. Before we see the focus of Zechariah's praise, I've got to tell you just a little bit about this guy. He was a priest who had a wife named Elizabeth. 
The Bible tells us, and this, this is all from a little bit earlier in Luke 1. I'm summarizing it, by the way. Zechariah and Elizabeth were a godly couple, we read. They were close to the Lord. Something else about them, they could not have children. And they were well along in years, says Luke. Now, for that day and age, that could have meant they were anywhere from 40-somethings on up. As young as in your 40s was well along in years for that time because life expectancy was so much lower. The angel Gabriel, who also came to Mary, we heard with the children, the angel Gabriel came first to Zechariah in the temple and said that he and his wife would bear a son, and they were to call him John. This is what Zechariah says in response. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Seems like a legitimate question, but Gabriel says in response to that, because you do not believe the word of God, you will not be able to speak until the day John is born. So it turns out God takes doubting his word kind of seriously. Fast forward nine months or so, the baby's born, and on the eighth day, the day of circumcision, it was the time to reveal his name. Everyone assumed it would be Zachariah after his father, but Elizabeth says, no, his name will be John. There are like three different ways to say no in the New Testament. Each one is more emphatic than the other. She uses the most emphatic no. She's like, no. I can't really, I don't know how she did it, but (laughs) imagine the most emphatic no. The people persist and they they go to the boss. They go to the father and ask, uh, Zachariah, what's the deal? What's the deal with your wife here? And so Zachariah, he takes his tablet and he's walking around with the tablet because remember God took away his, his speech and he writes on it, his name is John. And at that moment, Zechariah's ability to speak was given back to him. And then here's the thing. The very first thing he does is start praising God. It's the first thing he did. It's pretty amazing. His first words weren't, hey, see, see my handsome boy John there? Did you notice he's quite the chip off the old block? That would be perfectly understandable. The first thing he does after nine months of being mute is praise his God, who he has discovered is completely true to his word. Of all our focuses in life, of all our focuses this season, praising God can be our first focus too. And I believe Zachariah's song helps us in that. It does it in two ways. First, we can be praising the God of Christmas for his plan for his people. We can be praising the God of Christmas with Zechariah for God's plan for his people. And that's what Zechariah does in his song of praise. He's looking back at Old Testament times, which he would know well because he's a priest, remember? He traces how God redeemed his people. He looks back on Abraham and David and the prophets and everything else, and he sees what that history of the Bible really is. 
It's a description of how God stepped in to save his people. That is the message of God's word, Old Testament to New Testament. This is what it's all about, how God decided to pluck out from this world a people who would be his very own. And Christmas is one of the most key pieces in that plan of salvation. We know the whole story. We know it's leading to the cross and the resurrection. But Jesus had to come first for that to happen. Zacharias speaks in the second stanza of his song about the rising sun coming from heaven. That's Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God came in Jesus to make that big plan of salvation happen. You too can be praising the God of Christmas for his plan for his people, for the master plan of salvation promised in the Old Testament, fulfilled in the birth of Christ. Second, you can be praising the God of Christmas for his plan for you. The big master plan, we praise him for that, but you can also praise him this Christmas for his plan for you. I think one of the reasons Zechariah's immediate praise to God happens is because he could speak again. Can you imagine walking around with that tablet all the time for nine months? Well, you actually probably can imagine walking around with the tablet all the time. But this was not an iPad. This was not an iPad. This was a pretty crude tablet. It probably had a layer of wax on it, and then he had some sort of a primitive stylus to etch in the wax to express himself. And I don't know how big it was, but he'd have to, after he wrote something out, he'd have to like smooth out the wax and then start all over to communicate. Frustrating. More than the frustration of communication was that in all these months, the weight of God's displeasure was on his soul and in his life. Think about that. When Gabriel shared the Lord's good news for him and his family and the special place they would have in preparing the way of the Lord through his son John, who would be John the Baptist, he doubted his God. He did not believe the word of the Lord, and God punished him. And he was living with that burden on his heart, which was an even greater burden, believe me, than being mute. And, you know, that's the burden that all of God's children feel when they've sinned against God, when we blow it again in our lives. It grieves us. And that's the Holy Spirit working in our hearts. Zechariah had no faith and God punished him and Zechariah knew that he deserved it. But guess what? God restored him. God showed him his mercy. And so Zechariah praises God not just for his great plan of mercy in history, but his mercy for him personally, a sinner. And the fact that God, in God's plan, he planned to save and restore him, Zechariah. And you can be praising God for that today too, my friends. Because you've blown it. I've blown it. 
We've had poor attitudes, little faith, a negative outlook. We've doubted him. We've been on the pity pot. We've outright rebelled in our lives. We've walked away. We've wandered. We've thought our own way was best. We've been stubborn. We've worried about tomorrow. But God came in Jesus to redeem his people, even to look on you with favor, to restore you. He has come to visit you in your need. Praise the Lord. The history of the Old Testament of Abraham and David, of God enabling people to serve him without fear, of experiencing the tender mercy of God, all the stuff Zechariah praises about. That whole history, that is your history. That's my history. The rising sun, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, has come to you and me today from heaven to shine on our poor souls living in darkness, living as we are in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. The path of peace with our God, first of all, forgiveness of sins, and peace with our fellow men and women. Praise him for his great plan of salvation. And and you wonder, maybe, if this great plan is for you too. It is. It's for all who believe in Jesus and put their trust in the word of God. It's for you too today. And this plan of God for you and for me, it's what gives you purpose. It's what guides your plans. It's pretty amazing that Zechariah doesn't even talk about his newborn son until late in his song. And finally, verses 68 to 75, it's all God. 76, he does say finally, you, my child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, referring to his son, who would be John the Baptist. And John, of course, had a very special purpose as the one who would prepare the way for Jesus. Zechariah has this son in his older age. He knows his son's special place, and yet he still first praises God and doesn't mention his son for all. It was God's praise first for Zechariah. It was God's plan first for Zechariah. And you know, that's the right order of things for us in our lives too. God's plan first, then ours. God first, then your family. God first, then your job. God first, then your possessions. God's praise first. Zechariah highlights what God has done in terms of his plan of redemption. And then we can start talking about our place after that. And that's quite a different emphasis than the one that places ourselves at the center of the universe. No, it's God and his salvation plan first. And then you and I and our loved ones have our place within that cosmic plan. We certainly do. In fact, without his plan first, I'd argue, we'll never find in life the true and fullest meaning 
and the true and fullest direction and purpose that we could. We put all that we are and all that we have at the service of His praise and glory. And then when you do that, you can just watch the blessing and the fulfillment in your life come. This is what Christmas is about. God's plan of redemption. And God's plan and purpose for you, His child. Praise be to the Lord. Let's lift up the praise to Him in this church as we have done this morning, as we go about our mission. That's our mission of wanting to hear His precious Word because it's always 100% reliable and true. It's our mission of sharing God's tender mercy that we've experienced with the world. It's our mission of serving Him in every area of our life, not with fear, but in freedom, with holiness and righteousness all our days. With Zechariah the priest, let the praise ring in us for God's plan for his people and for God's plan and purpose for each one of us. Let's pray. Lord, we want to give you the praise. Help us do that. Fill us with your word. Fill us with your spirit. Fill us with praise. Lord, we're amazed at what you have done for each one of us. Let praise fill our lives. Let praise fill this church. Lord, to you, all the glory, honor, and praise. In your name we pray, amen. You can remain seated to receive the parting blessing, and then uh, Sandy and musicians are going to lead us in a holy night, and then after that, you'll be dismissed. Receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Amen.